Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. I hope you got blue skies wherever you are. The phone number 877-973-7425 if you'd like to be a part of this program. So I've, I've got a cousin. Uh, her name's Brittany. Uh, and for a time, uh, she used to sing. And she used to, she had a song she would sing called Oops, I Did It Again. Uh, got to be quite popular out there for a while. And I feel like I should be playing her song this morning as I reviewed the headlines about Joe Biden. Because, oops, Joe Biden has done it again. I, I, you listen, for a very long time, I have been very frustrated with this White House keeping Joe Biden on script and not allowing Joe Biden to deviate from script or ask questions. And I'm starting to think, okay, I concede the point. Y'all were right. Joe Biden should probably stay on script and not answer questions from the press. Because in the words of my cousin, Brittany, oops, he did it again. This is from Politico. The United States has been providing billions of dollars in weapons and other assistance to Ukraine, with much of that aid going through Poland. The president spent part of last week in the country meeting with U.S. troops stationed in the southeast and delivering a speech about the West's unity in the face of Russian aggression. But to date, the Biden administration has painstakingly made the case that it is as far as they'll go. On March 22nd, Jake Sullivan denied that Americans were currently training Ukrainians. We do, of course, have U.S. troops defending NATO territory, he continued. But that's not what Biden said on Monday. After delivering remarks about the White House's new budget request, Biden answered a reporter's question about comments he made when meeting the 82nd Airborne in Poland in which he implied American forces would be going to Ukraine. Biden denied that's what he meant, adding, we're talking about helping train Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. Pressed again, Biden said, I was referring to being with and talking with the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. It's possible he meant to say American when he said Ukrainian, or he exaggerated the extent to which American soldiers advised the Ukrainians. But he said, we are training Ukrainian troops, something the White House has gone to pains to deny. Now, it's not that we've never done it. Up until recently, we were doing it. But the White House has been just going through all sorts of of expense and, and pains and efforts to make it clear that we are not currently, nor have we since the war begun, trained Ukrainian troops. And here goes Joe Biden on Monday at the White House saying, quote, we're talking about helping train the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. Oops, he did it again. By the way, um, he now denies all of his statements that he had to walk back. Uh, I think this is useful to go back to yesterday so you can hear the audio uh, from Joe Biden from yesterday uh, clipped with all of the walkbacks. These are all the statements he made while in Poland 
and the walkbacks from the White House after making them. God's sake, this man cannot remain power. The White House trying to make clear in the aftermath, or making very clear in the aftermath, he was not, in fact, calling for regime change. And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people, standing stand in the middle of the front of the damn tank. White House officials are telling us that President Biden does not intend to send U.S. troops into Ukraine. If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would trigger a response in kind. The United States has no intention of using chemical weapons, period, under any circumstance. Uh, now he denies all of this. This is from Joe Biden, confronted by Peter Ducey of Fox News yesterday. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What say you It made it sound like, just in the last couple of days, uh, it sounded like he told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know none of the three occurred. None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred, Joe Biden says, if you couldn't hear him. He wasn't talking directly into the microphone there. He was leaning over to be challenged by Pete Ducey. None of the three occurred, he said. You heard him say, I played you the audio. Now, the, the crass person will say, well, you know, he's got dementia. He doesn't know. I mean, that could be it, Grandpa Dementia. But I think they're pulling a Trump. They're pulling a Trump. Donald Trump would say outlandish things. Y'all all know Donald Trump would say outlandish things and then deny that he said them. And when confronted with the evidence, he doubled down on it and just refused to admit he had said it. And many of the major outlet media outlets in this country would go nuts. They would go ballistic over Donald Trump denying that he had said the things that you could see him say on video. And it led to the second coming of the fact checker, Daniel Dale, the Canadian who who ruthlessly fact checked Donald Trump for left-wing organizations, got hired by CNN to go in and do ruthless fact checks of Donald Trump the entire time. I haven't seen Daniel Dale on the case here. Where is he? Where are the fact checkers? I still want to get back to your original words that he cannot remain in power. Can you help us understand you have more foreign policy experience than any president who has ever held this office? Whether those are your personal feelings or your feelings as president, do you understand why people would believe you as someone commanding one of the largest nuclear arsenals in the world, saying someone cannot remain in power is a statement of U.S. policy? And also, are you concerned about propaganda use of those remarks by the Russians? No and no. Tell me why. You have so much experience. You are the leader of this country. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was, going to, I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that, number one. Number two, what have I been talking about all since this all began? The only war that's worse than one intended is one that's unintended. The last thing I want to do is engage in a land war or a nuclear war with Russia. That's not part of it. I was expressing my outrage at the behavior of this man. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. And it's more an aspiration than anything. He shouldn't be in power. There's no, I mean, people like this shouldn't be ruling countries, but they do. 
The fact they do, but doesn't mean I can't express my outrage about it. So, so wait a second. This is the White House spin now. That it was a, an expression of moral outrage. That, that uh, for God's sakes, this man can't remain in power. That's what he said. And now it, it wasn't regime change. It's just a, a statement of moral power. Or moral outrage about people like that remaining in power. By the way, uh, did you did you notice the, the opening here? I still want to get back to your original words that he cannot remain in power. Can you help us understand you have more foreign policy experience than any president who has ever held this office? That's a PBS reporter saying that, that he has more foreign policy experience than any person who has ever held the presidency. Dwight Eisenhower was the Supreme Allied Commander in Europe from 1943 to 1952. He was the military governor of Germany. He was the NATO Supreme Commander. Uh, Apparently, Joe Biden has more experience than that. John Quincy Adams was the major uh, diplomat for the United States for years. Traveled abroad with his father, John Adams, the second president, who himself went to Europe to rally forces for the United States, was the first American after the revolution to meet with George III after we'd won. Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, was the second secretary of state of the United States, built coalitions with France and others around the world. Uh, President Taft, after World War I, set about helping rebuild Europe from Belgium. George H.W. Bush was the ambassador to China and the CIA director. And this reporter thinks that Joe Biden has had more foreign policy experience than any person to ever hold the presidency. That kind of is what's wrong with the press. They have no sense of history. But uh, going back to Biden's comments here, Biden says that he was expressing moral outrage. It wasn't regime change that he wants. He was just expressing moral outrage, expressing moral outrage by saying that, my God, this man can't remain in power. Maybe he should have expressed his moral outrage in a better way. And then he says this. Kelly O'Donnell, NBC. Thank you, Mr. President. Do you believe what you said? Thank you, sir. Do you believe what you said that Putin can't remain in power? Or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters? Well, yes, three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the more outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing and the actions of this man, just just brutality of half the children in Ukraine. I just come from being with those families. And uh, and so, uh, but I want to make it clear: I wasn't then, nor am I now, articulating a policy change. I was expressing the moral outrage that I feel, and I make no apologies for personal it. Feelings, personal, personal feelings, sir. Your personal feelings. My personal feelings. Secondly, you asked me about. Uh, well, what was the second does part? Does it complicate the diplomacy of this moment? No, I don't think it does. You know, uh, the uh, uh, the fact is that we're in a situation where. Uh, um, what complicates the situation at the moment is the uh, the escalatory efforts of Putin to uh, continue to engage in carnage, the kind of behavior that uh, that makes the whole world say, my God, what is this man doing? That's what complicates things a great deal. And uh, um, but I, I don't think it complicates it at all. 
So does he want regime change or not? Now, this is relevant because a photographer was able to get a snapshot of the talking points that Biden has in his hand while he's doing all of this. This is not Photoshop. This is actually, uh, I think it's the Associated Press Photographer. Uh, and it, every president gets these, but it's, it's kind of damning in this circumstance. They had to give the president these talking points. And this, you need to pay attention to this. This is a scripted talking point from the White House staff for him to do. Uh, here is the, the tough Putin Q&A talking points. Number one, if you weren't advocating for regime change, what did you mean? Can you clarify? Bullet point one, I was expressing the moral outrage I felt towards the actions of this man. Number two, I was not articulating a change in policy. They had to put that on a note card for the president of the United States to repeat. Number two, Macron has said... Uh, he won't have used these. The U.S. government suggesting it's blocked by the microphone. It was a problem. Is it now threatening to splinter unity with your NATO allies? No, NATO has never been more unified. Y'all, the White House staff had to print out a note card for the president wherein they instructed him to say, quote, I was expressing the moral outrage I felt towards the actions of this man. I was not articulating a change in policy, end quote. They had to put that on a piece of paper for the president of the United States to repeat to reporters, which he repeatedly repeated to reporters and then denied that he had ever said any of the other stuff that he said. What is going on with this president? We're not going to get the 25th Amendment, but we got two more years of this. When Donald Trump did this stuff, the American media went nuts. They went ballistic. With Joe Biden, they're trying to give him every benefit of the doubt. At some point, your benefit of the doubt is undermining the United States by our inability to have an honest conversation about this president's mental fitness for the office of the presidency. You don't go to Europe and give a massive speech that you compare to Ronald Reagan's tear down this wall speech and say, for God's sakes, this man cannot remain in power, which is a clear call for regime change. And then say, I was just expressing moral outrage. I wasn't articulating a change in policy, but I think he needs to go. But I'm not saying we're going to make that policy, but he should go. It may make you feel good that he said it, but there are some things that make you feel good, you want presidents to say, when in reality, they're not supposed to say them. And this is one of those things, and he said it, and now the White House staff had to literally make him hold a note card and repeat verbatim a statement that said he was expressing moral outrage. What is his mental fitness for office? You should be concerned. Okay, I, I want to state something that should be obvious, that may not be obvious for people. I like a high thread count sheet, but if the threads are crap, the sheet's going to be crap, no matter how many uh, threads you need. It just, it, it's, it's amazing how people want to highlight that. And the reason I highlight this is because Bolin Branch makes high quality sheets and they're not a bajillion, majillion thread count either, but their threads are super high quality. They use hundred percent organic cotton threads. They give super softness. You get a better night's sleep. 
They're not just buttery, soft, and breathable, impossibly soft to start. They get softer with every wash. I can attest to this. Every time you wash them, they just seem to get a little softer, and they hold up so well over the long term. You know, I'm on, gosh, maybe my second set of Bull & Branch sheets in, in a decade. So they just hold up so well. They're a quality product, and they give you such a good night's sleep. Oh, my gosh. They're so fantastic. I really do love these sheets, and I love Bull & Branch. You can, too. They are fantastic. They're so luxurious. Three U.S. presidents sleep under Bull & Branch sheets. So you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BollandBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Get a good night's sleep under Bull & Branch sheets. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. More than welcome to chime in. There's a story you may not have heard of. When they say there, John Edwards, the old presidential candidate, used to talk about there are two Americas. At the time, I kind of laughed at him. It's increasingly clear there are two Americas. And a lot of it is the news you consume, where you get your information from. It uh, definitely splits up the country. You will notice that uh, on the left, they are demanding that that people be censored, shut down, silenced, Fox News go away. They want everybody to get their news from them. And yet, back when they had the monopoly of ABC, CBS, NBC, and PBS, and the New York Times, without cable television, they still weren't dominant. People like Ronald Reagan were able to get elected. But they still want that. One of the most interesting parts of all of this is where the biases come in. Oftentimes, the bias is not what the media covers, but what it chooses not to cover, or the voices it allows to participate in the coverage of certain things. ABC, CBS, NBC, they have not mentioned the Hunter Biden scandal in 259 days. 12 days after the New York Times confirmed Hunter Biden's laptop is real, ABC, CBS, and NBC are still silent. The majority of Americans still get their nightly news from those three, and they are all conspicuously silent. Scott Whitlock at the Media Research Center has highlighted this. Scandal after scandal, nothing seems to shake the determination of the big three morning and evening news shows to keep the public from knowing about the president's wayward son and his sketchy financial and foreign dealings. And by the way, those dealings are pretty significant now because we know Hunter Biden did have business dealings with Burisma in Ukraine and also with the Chinese. We know that uh, he had emails suggesting his father needed kickbacks, that his father knew what he was doing and would demand uh, some of the money for himself. That's how he was funding his, his parents. Now, I, I raised the issue the other day about Joe Biden's um, wealth, but actually I do have to correct myself there that his, his – um, estimated um, wealth is only about 8 to $10 million, which in Washington, D.C. isn't that big. And he's been there for 50 years with book deals and stuff. So it actually doesn't look like Joe Biden himself got majorly wealthy on the system. But it also does look like 
Joe Biden, once he left public office, was looking to cash in and was allowing Hunter Biden to cash in on his behalf. And the media has ignored this story. Just ask yourself, ask yourself, it's a relevant question. Would they do the same if the last name of the family were Trump? I assure you, they'd behave differently. Why, hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Your phone calls are welcome, if you can make it past the call screener. 877-973-7425. You are about to hear a lot. A great deal about Title 42. Title 42, you gotta, you've got to understand what Title 42 is because uh, this is going to come up a great deal. I am prophetic on this, but I, I mean, honestly, it, it's a no-brainer. I can tell this is coming, and I want to bring you up to speed on what Title 42 is. Title 42, it's in the United States Code. Uh, we, we oftentimes refer to things by their titles. Uh, Title 42, we're actually specifically talking about 42 USC Section 265, the suspension, suspicious, <laughs> suspension of entries and imports from designated places to prevent the spread of communicable diseases. Uh, the U.S. Code is divided up into titles, uh, and every every code is uh, the Georgia Code, the Minnesota Code, you name it. Everything is divided into codes. Uh, into sections. And so Title 42 is the Public Health and Welfare Code for the United States of America. Uh, Section 265, so 42 USC, USC means United States Code, 42 USC Section 265. Let me read this to you. This was enacted July 1st, 1944. Whenever the Surgeon General determines that by reason of the existence of any communicable disease in a foreign country, there is serious danger of the introduction of such disease into the United States, and that this danger is so increased by the introduction of persons or property from such country, that a suspension of the right to introduce such persons and property is required in the interest of the public health, the Surgeon General, General, in accordance with regulations approved by the President, shall have the power to prohibit, in whole or in part, the introduction of persons and property from such countries or places as he shall designate in order to avert such danger and for such period of time as he may deem necessary for such purposes. Now, I want to break this down with you. When you go to law school, you take a class called Statutory Construction. Back in the day, and, and some schools still do this, my kids' school does this, they learn how to diagram sentences and break apart what are the, the nouns and the verbs, what are the subject, what's the action, what's the prepositional phrase, and, and uh, they learn good grammar that way. So I, I want to break this down for you in that way so you really understand what we're dealing with here. So number one, whenever the Surgeon General determines that by reason of the existence of a communicable disease in a foreign country, so he's got to, when the Surgeon General determines that there is a communicable disease in a country and there's serious danger of the introduction of such disease into the United States, 
and that the danger is so increased by the introduction of people from that country that a suspension of the right to introduce such persons to the country is required. So he's found that there's a communicable disease in a foreign country, that there's serious danger of that communicable disease coming to the United States, and that it's greatly increased by the people from that country come to this country. So three things. If that's the case, then the Surgeon General can, in accordance with regulations approved by the President, have the power to prohibit those people from coming here. That's Title 42, Section 265 of the United States Code. Back during the Trump administration, the Trump administration, the President of the United States issued regulations that directed the Surgeon General of the United States to detain people at the border and keep them from coming here until they could be vetted for COVID. So migrants don't even need a formal order of deportation under Title 42. Instead, what happens is Border Patrol agents can take uh, illegal immigrants' biometric information and perform a health care check for COVID-19 symptoms and then return them to Mexico. That's the outline of the pattern from the Trump administration under Title 42 uh, with COVID. The Trump administration enacted these policies in March of 2020. It was a novel interpretation, and it supersedes all other U.S. laws and statutes given a right to asylum. Uh, the placement of this section in the U.S. Code, the way it was drafted, and the structural and legal interpretation of Title 42, Section uh, 265, give preeminent power to the Surgeon General to overrule and override the immigration laws of the United States in order to keep the people of the United States safe. It has been done now since March of 2020 to great success. And it essentially requires that when immigrants come to this country from Central and South America, that they be inspected for COVID, their biometric data taken, and they be returned to Mexico until they have to wait there they can't come into the country immediately because there's a public health crisis. It was a great way for the Trump administration to reduce border crossings, and the courts upheld it. What do they say? We're in the middle of a pandemic. You're making Americans put on masks and stay home, and yet you're telling people you can still come across the border? Of course not. It made perfect sense. It was a very novel reading. It infuriated immigration lawyers around the country, and it worked. It was highly effective. The Biden administration intends to get rid of it. Now, they can't get rid of the law, but there's a key phrase here. Key phrase here, the Surgeon General, in accordance with regulations approved by the president, shall have the power to prohibit the introduction of persons the president intends to revoke the regulation. He can do it because it's an executive power. Congress plays no role in this. The president himself can do this. And that's Title 42. When you start hearing people talk about Title 42, 
Now you know what they're talking about. You'll be more informed than your neighbors. And here's a problem. Here's a headline from over the weekend. Border Patrol head expects record-breaking surge of migrants at U.S.-Mexico border. The head of the U.S. Border Patrol says a record-breaking number of migrants is estimated around 8,000 people daily could be apprehended. Uh, Raul Ortiz told CNN between 7,000 and 8,000 migrants a day could become the norm. Ortiz brought on 350 additional agents to assist at the border and another 150 to help with processing remotely. Ortiz estimates the facilities at the border are already over capacity with more than 16,000 migrants in detention. Border encounters with migrants climbed to 164,973 in February, up from 154,000 in January, but down from surges in November and December. A greater surge this spring and summer is likely because of the expected withdrawal of Title 42, the Trump-era policy kept in place by Biden. With the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reviewing the policy through March 30th, a letter spearheaded by Rick Scott, senator from Florida, and signed by more than a dozen GOP senators, questioned how the administration is preparing for the expected influx. Arizona's two senators are asking Joe Biden, this now from AZ Central, from Arizona's newspaper, uh, Arizona's two senators are asking President Joe Biden to avoid abruptly ending Title 42. Senators Kristen Sinema and Mark Kelly sent the letter Thursday to the White House saying that doing away with Title 42 without having a plan to ensure a secure, orderly, and humane process could create additional hardships on border communities. To date, they say in their letter, we have not seen evidence that the Department of Homeland Security has developed and implemented a sufficient plan to maintain a humane and orderly process in the event of an end to Title 42. So you got two Democratic senators, one of whom is up for re-election in a very tight race that the Democrats need. They need him to win. They need Mark Kelly to win. And the White House is rushing to get rid of Title 42. The CDC has to do a review. Legally, if the president issues regulations, remember uh, during Donald Trump's administration, I forget exactly, one of them was about the census. I forget what the other one was, but there were two matters that went to the Supreme Court where the Trump administration rushed regulatory changes. And John Roberts wrote the opinions in both cases. One of them was the census case. And John Roberts uh, said, hey, you are legally entitled to do what you want to do. But in order to do what you want to do, there is a process by which you must follow. And if you follow the process, you can get away with whatever you want to do. I know what it was. It was the um, it, it was the uh, ban, the Muslim ban they call it the Muslim travel ban, uh, preventing people from various countries coming into the country, and uh, Trump uh, imposed both of these, and John Roberts both times the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court in his or in his uh, rejection of the policy said you are perfectly legally entitled to do this, and we cannot stop you from doing this, but you have to follow a procedure. And that procedure requires public input, it requires review, it requires a 45-day delay, and then you can do whatever you want to do. And you've rushed the process, therefore you can't do it. If you follow the process, you can do it. Both times it was very rushed. So this White House is following the process. You got two Supreme Court cases saying essentially there are matters, including immigration policy, that are out of our hands as long as you follow the process. 
The Biden administration wants to get rid of Title 42. The Trump administration did not have a rapid process they had to follow to implement Title 42 because there was a state of emergency. It was a global pandemic. The Biden administration can't get rid of the declaration, though, under the same law without doing a review to see if scientifically, medically, and legally is the emergency still there. So they're going through the process. They're allowing the CDC to do it. Given the politicization of the CDC, you know and I know they're going to say it's not a problem anymore. And then Biden wants to get rid of Title 42. The moment Joe Biden gets rid of Title 42, word will spread. Think about all of the migrants flooding the border in 2018. Think of the number of people who headed north. By word of mouth, some organized by cartels to flood the border, a lot of them just by word of mouth, they wanted out of their countries. And they got wind of it. And then think about last year. Think about the overwhelmed border last year. What did all those people say? What did all of them say? That they were coming because Biden said they could come. They were coming because Biden said, you're welcome here. They were coming because the migrants' word spread and they thought it was time to come to the United States. We heard about all of this in the media for a time and then it just kind of disappeared. For a very good long while, you had all of these people down along the border saying, hey, we thought because Trump's gone, everybody was saying we could come. The spread of word of mouth. When Joe Biden gets rid of Title 42, we're going to see a big spread of illegal immigrants headed towards the border. You know it and I know it. They all know it. And word will spread. Word will spread. And they will come. And it'll be during the summer, during primary season, during the election year. And people like Mark Kelly, a Democratic senator who's pro-immigration, who's pro-open borders, is so petrified of what the Biden administration is about to do that he himself is begging the president not to do it without putting procedures in place in order to stop the massive spread of illegal aliens into the country. The Biden administration is so governed by progressive interests now that they actually believe they can do the policy of which they're currently doing. When they come over and there's no room for them in, in the cages, the cages are still there. Notice they don't talk about them as concentration camps anymore. They're still there. And when they come across, they'll let them go. That's what they're already doing in cases. When they're overrun, they just say, hey, here's your court date. Show up. Most of them never show up. This will become another campaign issue on which the Republicans will run and hurt the Democrats. And this White House does not care because they think they're morally right and they know what's coming anyway and they don't care because they think they're morally right. So they'll let the Republicans have the House and the Senate. And by the way, there's really nothing the Republicans will be able to do to stop it from happening because the Republicans in the House and Senate will not have a two-thirds majority in either House or Senate to override a presidential veto so they can keep on keeping on. And that's going to further hurt the Democrats. 
Phone number here is, in fact, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, I was trying to find the clip, and I can't, I can't find it. But there was a, um, we had it in the files somewhere, and I think it was Andrea Mitchell. It might have been ABC News, but I thought it was Andrea Mitchell. Went down to the border, was interviewing people, and uh, the, the, the guy at the border, the illegal immigrant, was like, oh, Joe Biden invited us here. Joe Biden invited us, and they literally believed that because, remember, Joe Biden had given that speech on the campaign trail that um, people would be welcome. We would no longer be running, uh, putting people in cages, that the immigrants would be welcome, and they took him at his word, and they showed up. I, if I find the clip, I'll, I'll play it for you. Um, so apparently we're, we're headed into, or this is women's month. So we've had black history month. Then you got to have women's history month. Uh, and every, every group, every group gets its own, own month. So of course, you know, white Christian men, God help you. Uh, then they say, well, every month is your month. And you think you wrote history, whatever. Nonetheless, it's women's history month. But maybe it's next month. I mean, how can you tell? I mean, should should we should we make it this month or should we next next? You're going to have to decide. But if you get it wrong, you're going to be in the doghouse. <laughs> do you know? Do did you know one of the things that they started doing a Women's History Month? I, I, and this is a good thing. Sandwich making workshops at Subway. Now, nonetheless, I move on. Um, there's a study out. Um, who are the happy women in America? Who are the happy women in America? The women who consider themselves feminine are the happiest women. But also, do you know who the happiest women are, ladies? Married women with kids. Demographically speaking, the Deseret News has this survey. It's a survey of U.S. adult sexual behaviors and attitudes from March of 2021. Women who are married with children are the most fulfilled and the happiest. You know, interestingly enough, men are in the same group. Men who are married with children are the happiest. Maybe that should tell us something about society and the way society operates or should operate as to where you find your happiness. It's a byproduct of getting married and having kids. Just something to ponder. Now, when we come back, I actually want to explore some social conservatism. Dun, dun, dun. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can 
So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.